Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com, longtime voice of the podcast and international ambassador for Rocky Rococo's Pizza, Frank Madden. I've, I've managed to drag him away from the jars of home, homemade sauce or Rocky Rococo's sauce. It took me a few days. He's just had a, he's had a huge weekend and I didn't think I was any chance to get you on the pod this week, Frank, but I am uh, thrilled to have you back. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people actually caught the tail end of, I think, the last time uh, I, when we, the last mailbag post we did, I don't know, if, what was that, like Wednesday or Thursday yeah. last week, something like that. Um, but in that, as the, uh, as the Frank's Rocky or Cocoa pizza situation turns, at that point, uh, I was complaining because I had ordered uh, Rocky or Cocoa's pizza sauce jars on the internet and had been forced to pay 20 20- four dollars for two-day expedited shipping <laughs> it had been seven days and i had not gotten my jars of sauce yet um for those who do not see me tweet about it i uh, posted on instagram and facebook about it if in case you are my personal friend who, who's uh, uh friends with me on those platforms uh so yeah it was a really big deal it, it it spanned all my social media feeds but uh i did finally randomly uh without warning the pizza jars showed up six exquisitely packaged jars of pizza sauce uh and then sunday night my wife made uh her thin crust pizza dough which is quite good already and uh yeah we put on the sauce and uh i mean it was it was a special moment when i when i tasted that first slice and again it's thin crust so it's not the rockies you know thicker crust pizza but i taste that first slice and you can taste that that uh that distinct sauce flavor and then I just I just warmed up some some dipping sauce and I was just dipping my my pizza in the dipping sauce just right. maximum sauce. Um, it was uh, it was a really life affirming moment for me. So good news, Rockies came through. I uh, tweeted a picture of myself with my daughter Tilly, um, Matilda Madden, and um, you know after all these years of Rockies ignoring me, it turns out my fifteen thousand Twitter followers nobody cares about that. Rocky Cookers doesn't care about my massive Twitter cl- clout <laughs> with, with the Milwaukee Bucks fans. All I had to do was t- tweet a picture of myself with my cute daughter. And they tweeted back and said that they were going to hook me up with, uh, I think they said they were going to sh- ship me some, some cases of sauce and, and some pizza certificates the next time I'm in Wisconsin. So guys, it's finally happened. Uh, I finally used this podcast and, uh, Twitter and whatever else to, uh, to get something out of it. You know, all this, all this labor uh, I've put in talking about Bucks basketball for very little financial benefit, pretty much no financial benefit uh, has, has at least delivered me some pizza benefits. So we'll see if they actually like send me stuff. I was kind of like, nobody, nobody, they didn't ask me for any information. So I was just like, I guess they're just, cause I ordered it from them. Like hopefully somebody's just going to use that information and send me more or something like that, I guess. Uh, 
or they're just you know using using that good favor to uh to because i mean they got tons of tweets and and likes on that that thing so shout out to rockies and this whatever random social media person is uh, no longer asleep at the wheel but uh yeah that was the big news and now that we've gotten all the pizza i don't i don't know if you have anything to add to that but you know we i feel guilty talking about pizza uh, in the, at the start of our podcast i usually like to reserve that for the end so people can just turn it off when it gets into the random pizza discussions uh but i don't i don't know Any, anything else can we move on can we get into the to the substantive basketball talk kane or are you oh. are you a little bit jealous now um because uh, you've at least been acknowledged by the hop which is your like mm-hmm. pet local milwaukee um thing that you endorse no, I mean, we do normally talk about it at the end of the podcast, but listen, 2020 has been rough for everyone. And I think that everyone at home listening to the podcast will certainly benefit from this uh, story of triumph through perseverance. And I think it's a, it's a great testament to you, Frank. It's a great testament to the listeners. And my only question mark for Rocky Rococo's is, uh, did they get a new social media manager? What changed? Was it the peer pressure of the Locked On Bucks listeners? And my only other point that I'll make is, given the fact that they didn't take your address down, uh, I would like to send, uh, while we are you know, thankful to Rockies for finally acknowledging Frank, I would like to send a little bit of a warning shot out to those guys. If you think that you can just use Frank for a little bit of social media clout, then think again. And if we don't see the, uh, the goods produced next time Frank is in Wisconsin, uh, then uh, there'll be some questions asked. That's all I would like to say. But as far as this podcast goes, it's time to hit the email inbox. You've got a bunch of questions over there. Uh, I don't have them in front of me. I, we, I do. Should we, just, should we just dive straight in? Yeah, yeah, I'll just go. So actually, the, the, the most recent question we got was from our friend of the pod, Kevin Fazy, who, who uh, appropriately had previously hooked me up with a Rockies gift card, which I've still got in my wallet. I carry that around with me wherever I go, as though... You know, driving just around Texas, I'm you know just going to randomly bump into a Rocky Rococo's, right? But no, just so I don't forget it the next time I, I do make it to Wisconsin, I, I do carry that with me. So shout out to Kevin, and uh, yeah, uh, hopefully I'll be dining on Rock. But but that's right, Kane. If Rockies doesn't come through, I will drag them on social media. You know yeah. I will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Although then I will, even if they don't hook me up, I will then go back and eat slices because I'm of course. I'm not strong enough not to. So <laughs> I'll call you. Uh, anyway, non pizza news. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't, don't worry. Um, uh, Marcus Grunstern um, writes, Hey there, Sterling Brown has shown flashes of brilliance. One game against the Kings this year, he had 11 points and 12 boards in 18 minutes. In the bubble against the Wizards, he racked up 23. He's a great defender and shown the ability to score. Do the Bucks keep him? And why haven't we seen more of him? What does Bud have against Sterling Brown? Um, I mean, it was kind of a sad, it was a very sad start to the season where, you know, I mean, you, we look at this team and we, we've often, um, you know, bemoan the fact that Dante DiVincenzo is really the only like young guy who's shown any developmental arc. And it's sad because, I mean, coming into this season, we obviously had hopes that Sterling Brown and DJ Wilson would be maybe, you know, again, I don't know that, that we were expecting them to be, you know, future starters or anything like that, but, you know, did they have kind of role player potential, the ability to potentially grow into, you know, legitimate rotation roles on this team this year, I think there was at least that possibility from what we saw last year. And instead, nothing. (laughs) Uh, And Sterling at least played a bit this year, but man, really, really disappointing season from, from Sterling. I mean, I think we saw flashes of him. uh, Marcus mentioned, you know, the, the Wizards game in the bubble and that Kings game in Sacramento, where he really helped turn the tide of that game in the second half. Um, 
but unfortunately it was just very few and far between. And, you know, you just look at the numbers last year, um, you know, he shot 56% on twos, 36% on threes. He was really good on corner threes. Um, you know, we saw occasional flashes of him as a, as a pick and roll ball handler. And this year he just didn't have it. Uh, I mean, he shoots 42% on twos, 32% on threes. Um, it was just a tough slog for him finding any rhythm offensively. I didn't think his decision-making improved at all offensively. And, um, yeah, it was just a really, really disappointing year for a guy that, you know, is coming into his age 24 season. You know, you're not expecting guys to get worse, <laughs> to get worse at that age, but unfortunately, um, it just, it just never connected with him. And, um, you know, he got kind of intermittent opportunities, but, but never, obviously never really extended run. And unfortunately, I mean, it's kind of hard to say that he should have, you know, just given the lack of production. So, I don't know. I mean, my assumption, I think, in yours as well, has been that he's probably not going to come back. But flip side is, I mean, you know, I don't think he, anybody's going to be banging down his door trying to yeah. give him offers this this offseason. So it will be interesting to see, you know, what happens with some of the other guys on the roster. You know, Pat Connaughton's a free agent. We'll have at least a little bit more of a market, I imagine, than, than Sterling. Um, you know, does West does West West Matthews opt out? Um, I would say West. I would still think Wes is probably the most likely of those guys to be back, but, um, but yeah, just a really tough year for Sterling. And um, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not going to close the book on, on Sterling in Milwaukee because I don't you know, necessarily know uh, what, what other opportunities he's going to have. I mean, I'm sure another team will give him a shot, um, you know, as sort of an end of the bench guy, you know, kind of has a, a prove me type contract, but prove it type contract. But, um, but yeah, a tough year for Sterling and, you know, again, it's in this league, it's all about taking your opportunities. And um, unfortunately, not taking it might mean that his time in Milwaukee is done. We'll have to see. Time to talk about our friends at DoorDash now, Frank. And it's Australian Football Finals Thursday night over here. My team, your team, everyone that's listening to this podcast team, the John Cats are in action and I will be getting DoorDash. I can guarantee you that. You want Chinese? You want pizza? Someone's craving Froyo? There's always something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting the restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash with over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Yeah, the qualifying offer, $2 million. It's telling me here on Spot Track. I actually thought at the start of the season, and I can put my hand up and say I was very wrong. I was very optimistic about Sterling. I thought in, in stretches last year, so 2018-19, uh, he did show the ability to be the third scorer in a lineup with a bunch of second-unit guys. I mean, I wasn't expecting him to uh, burst onto the scene and have a massive season, but I, I thought that he would be someone that could stake his claim as a rotation player, I think it's very easy to forget that he started playoff games in, in that first round. Yes, it was only against Detroit and 
Tony Snell was out at the time with a with an ankle injury and obviously Malcolm Brogdon as well. But he was starting yeah. playoff games, you know? I mean, this was a guy that was in the rotation. He played 317 fewer minutes this season than he did uh, last year. Or sorry, r- roughly around 300 there. His effective field goal percentage went dropped from 56.5 down to 47, which believes him in the 20th percentile. Uh, that's per cleaning the glass. He was 15% on mid-range jump shots, uh, long mid-range jump shots. And his corner three percentage, which was really what stood out for him, dropped from 49% down to 43. So he really just took a giant step back in every area. But I I think the important point that you make at the end there, Frank, is the fact that uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I I can see him coming back because it's not going to cost much. And I'm just not sure that there's a team out there that is going to say, yeah, we'll give you, you know, a five or six million dollar deal for, for two years or one year and then the second year non-guaranteed. Like, I'm not even sure if that's going to happen. I think he'll definitely be in the league, but I think there is an avenue that he does return to Milwaukee, whether or not he can uh, have a sort of a bounce back year. I'm not too sure, but uh, certainly uh, this year was disappointing for, for uh, from my perspective because I, I was pretty high on him. Yeah, and I mean, again, he, he may just need a change of scenery, and yeah. I don't know, right? Um, Tough spot because we spoke about the rotation, but Dante did uh, leapfrog him, as you said, and then the mm-hmm. other guys, Bud loves Pat Connaughton, so he was soaking up a, a ton of those minutes. So even when he got an opportunity, it was just so sporadic, and that's just a really difficult spot to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's tough. I, I think let's we're gonna hit some of these other players um, I mentioned and some of the other uh, questions. Um, here we've got uh, Joshua Demars writes, uh, Josh from Green Bay, love this podcast. Kane, you've been an awesome addition this year. My question, unfortunately, is about Malcolm Brogdon. What a great intro. Unfortunately, <laughs> Brogdon. Uh, I agree with the decision of Horst to let Brogdon go after they signed Bledsoe because his cap would have been ugly, possibly in the luxury tax, and still have to get Giannis. To be honest, a contract. My issue was signing Bledsoe at that midpoint of the season. I hated the decision then, and I hate it even more now. I like the team much better with Brogdon at the one, which he was wanting to play, and uh, and him and our normal starters. We lose some defensive tenacity, but Brogdon is no slouch on that side of the ball. You retain the threat to take the defender off the dribble. Most importantly, you retain a you retain a guy that shot forty percent from three in the system. With the honest, we need guys that can make threes. Do we have enough evidence to make the call that choosing Bledsoe over Brogdon was a terrible decision? I don't know how you can look at it any different. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work, Josh. Joshua. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, I think when we rewind back to, you know, this was, when was it, like March of 2019, something like that, right? Yeah, very um, early. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, at that time, you know, the Bucks had Giannis under contract for the following season. Chris was going to be a free agent. Bledsoe was going to be a free agent. Brogdon was going to be a free agent. Brooke Lopez was going to be a free agent, right? And obviously... The team was playing at a really high level. Bledsoe was playing really well. Brogdon was playing well. We didn't know exactly what you know Brogdon's market would look like, but he was going to be restricted. So you kind of control your destiny with him. So I, I mean, my view was: look, you got to start. You know, like let, let's start locking down some of these guys. Bledsoe had had the poor year previously in the playoffs against Boston, but you know, again, that was just one bad year, right? I don't think we were viewing him as like you know necessarily like a hopeless playoff cause at that point. So. I was in favor of the deal. I mean, I think, you know, even now, I mean, he's not like uh, wildly overpriced for a starting NBA point guard. You know, we'll see long-term. I mean, how long does he stay an NBA starter? I think certainly his regular season um, level of play is more than justified to be an NBA starter and and justify that salary. But obviously the playoffs have been just a massive issue. Um, So, I mean, on the one hand, I would say, I, I think the, the, um, the logic at the time was sound. You know, you're trying to keep that roster together. You, 
you know, you'd have to lose multiple guys to be able to sign anybody else. So I think your best option was just trying to keep the guys you had. And, you know, again, to the extent that you can lock down the guys that were going to be unrestricted, I think that obviously there was logic in doing that. And Brog and sorry, Bledsoe was the only guy that you were realistically going to be able to extend in season, right? Because Brogdon, you couldn't do that with because of the just the rules around extending guys on on who are still on their first contracts. They had to extend him before uh, the season started, and that would have been for far less money. His max was way less than what he ultimately ended up getting, so it was reasonable that he wouldn't have signed that anyway. Um, and Chris, they couldn't offer him anything close to what they could offer him in the summer just because of the rules around the raises you can give off of off of existing uh, contracts in, as part of an extension. So Bled was really the only guy that you could really give an offer like that to and expect him to sign it. And they obviously took it, but look, since that happened, we've seen two playoff series or sorry, two straight years where he's really wilted in the playoffs. And, you know, again, I think, uh, I, again, uh, a, a blood. So pessimist might've said, well, we saw it once. So screw him, get rid of him. Um, but, you know, I get it. Uh, I certainly understood why they did it. Uh, but that said, in hindsight, you know, was was effectively choosing Bledsoe over Brogdon the right move? Would you know? Would you rather have Brogdon at his salary versus Bledsoe at his right now? Yeah, I would. I would definitely take Brogdon over Bledsoe at this point. Um, but you know, again, not that Brogdon's deal is without risk. But obviously, he's younger, and I think you have obviously less of a concern that he's just going to turn into a pumpkin in the play. <laughs> pumpkin in the playoffs you know he was he was pretty solid in that first round series against the heat that they lost um and again brogdon is is far from a perfect player i don't think he you know would have been an all-star in milwaukee um he had a really good first month in in indiana and then really kind of struggled and a lot of banged up random injuries the rest of the season which you know we've seen that story before like he he can't really stay healthy unfortunately but um you know would i rather roll the dice on brogdon knowing what we know now about blood so yes um uh, and if only just because I think Brogdon's a better trade asset than, than Bledsoe at this point. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, tough, it's tough to, you don't want to say that you wish it wasn't true, but I think in hindsight, um, you would have rather have, have taken, have let Bledsoe walk and, and sign Brogdon or like we said, though, you know, like Eric name and I kind of kept saying last summer, you know, F it, let's win a championship just sign Brogdon too, you know, like yeah. even if he wants to go and be a starter somewhere, um, you know, you look at like some of the bucks restrictions. I mean, they don't, part of the issue is they don't have really a, a ton of like, you know, salaries that they can swap for other big names. Right. Like, you know, they, it would have been really hard to do a Chris Paul deal last summer uh, or last season um, just because of not having salaries. Well, if you had Brogdon on your roster, you could have done that far more easily at the contract he was at, even if he was not, you know, like I would say a clear asset at that contract. Um, at least you can match the salaries. And I'm sure there's probably some teams that, that might look at him and say, okay, yeah, like, you know, he's still 27 or whatever he was. That's we can live with that. But anyway, yeah. So I, I don't know how you feel about it, but um, uh, again, even if you didn't love Brogdon, I think keeping him just as an asset, as a potential trade chip, I think is, is the best argument I think you can think of um, to, to have kept him. And again, I mean, whatever the luxury tax, you know, it's, it's, uh, there, there are limitations that come with it, but ultimately it's just a financial thing. So again, I don't, I don't think as fans, you should worry about your owners, you know, having to, having to shell out for the luxury tax, but, um, but yeah, it's obviously, you know, if the bucks don't win a title in the next few years, 
were, I think that's going to be one of those things that we'll always look back on. We're going to talk about Built Bar now, Frank, back and better than ever. They used to have 12 flavors. Now they've got 18. The six new flavors include cookies and cream, caramel brownie, and carrot cake. And uh, if you like the old favorites, Frank, then you can go in with the peanut butter, the mint brownie, the salted caramel, the double chocolate, the orange, whichever way you want to go. I got a delivery out to Australia the other day. I can tell you it's absolutely worth it. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for those that are on the keto diet. Uh, you know the deal. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I think the last point you made about how you utilized Brogdon as an asset stands out to me now, looking back at it, not necessarily Brogdon as a player in this team. I go back to the Bledsoe contract when it was signed, and we all knew, I mean, we all spoke about it, that it was a bit of a gamble that the Bucks were taking in regards to, yeah, the, the contract, no matter what, is going to be mid-level, and it's it's not going to be a disastrous contract, but would you have been able to get him for less if you had have waited until after last year's postseason? Probably. But I think that the Bucks at the I think the Bucks at the time were probably thinking to themselves, well, this is a really reasonable contract. A, maybe we don't think that what we saw last year in the postseason is indicative of what we're going to see moving forward. And if he has a really good uh, playoffs, then that price is going to be driven up. Secondly, uh, do we want Bledsoe going into the playoffs worrying about his contract and having that weight on his shoulders? So how would that? It impacts his ability to play as well. So I think that the Bucks were gambling on, on a bunch of different things in regards to um, Bledsoe. And at the time, I remember thinking, look, this could be a really smart move. Unfortunately, the playoff performance went the other way. And I was like, okay, yeah, well, you know, maybe, maybe now the contract doesn't look a, as good as what it did, even though it's still not terrible. The other point to make is Brogdon actually went down with that uh, long-term injury or extended injury about a week and a half after Bledsoe went down. And it was like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, this is Brogdon for the second year in a row now, missing an extended period leading into the postseason uh, last year. The season before, obviously, he came back. This time, he missed the full first round. So clearly, there was injury concerns there. I guess the only question is with Bledsoe is, because everyone talks about the luxury tax, but you could have signed Bledsoe, uh, Brogdon and then traded him prior to the end of the season anyway and you know found a way to be under that mark, I guess. So the question would be, would you have been able to trade Brogdon to put yourself, A, in a better position to win a title than maybe you thought you would have been with Brogdon? And B, could you have got a better return than pick 24 uh, and, and basically the deal that they got with the sign and trade? Well, I'll say this. I, I think they, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they would have been so far in the tax that they're not, they wouldn't have been able to bounce back. I, I don't, they wouldn't have been able to get back under the tax, I don't think, if they signed Brogdon. Yeah, yeah, just because, um, that, I mean, that wasn't just like, hey, we're going to be slightly over. That was going to be yeah. like, we're going to blow through the tax type situation. Um, now, other guys probably don't sign, right? Like, if you do that, I don't, yeah. I imagine you don't get George Hill back. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of different dominoes that, that probably play out a little differently. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, that's this, this is just kind of the, these are the stakes, right? And, um, you know, when you're, uh, when you're a 500 team and, you know, you uh, make a miss and, and, you know, you don't get better or you, whatever, then 
people don't really notice as much, but when you're, you know, a 60 win team that is competing for a title, um, everything on the margin just matters. It's magnified for good reason. And, uh, obviously, you know, things are then going to be measured by, did you win a championship or not? Right. Um, and that's, that's the hardest, you know, biggest, highest bar you can be compared against, right? Like, and if you don't win a championship and especially if you don't get out of the second round, um, of course people are going to look back and say, well, you screwed something up. Right. Uh, and, and obviously Bledsoe's performance makes him a, a, a very legitimate and, and easy target, unfortunately. All right. Let's call it there for now, Frank. I know we have a bunch more email questions still to come. We're going to ra- uh, continue to run through those in tomorrow's podcast. So make sure you check back in there. And as always, uh, continue to send them through at locked on bucks on Twitter, locked on bucks, at gmail.com as frank suggested earlier in the podcast uh send through your suggestions your thoughts on the answers we've given if there are any players also that are out there that you've got your eyes on that the bucks could potentially uh target in the off season then let us know send us through your trade ideas uh we love it we love all the feedback that we get on the podcast but for now for frank and myself we will be back tomorrow stay safe out there speak to you guys then. 